I am so done with Ted Kravitz existing. I told, I've been He's telling you for years, Ted Kravitz is a fucking donut. Hello and welcome to another episode of Rear of the Grid. As always, I am your host, Matt, joined as ever by my good friend, Jashan. How are you today, sir? Yeah, look, I'm a little bit clogged up in the old sinus department. I've got a bit of a cold at the moment, but um, yeah, overall, not too bad. Got my coffee in me, feeling good. Let's talk about some uh, some English racing. How, how's the weather down there? What's the weather check in Melbourne what, like today? What is it with you and the weather lately, Matthew? It's the oh, most... Mate, I'm bringing a new gimmick into the... I'm trying out some stuff. I'm bringing a new new twist into the... It's uh, literally like the stereotype for boring conversation is talking about the weather. Why why are we yeah. starting off the show with literal boring conversation? You gotta... You gotta, you gotta build a meet. Start off slow, build and fucking ramp it up. The weather's shit. It's it's cold. It's, oh, it's, it's wet. That's unfortunate. On a scale of one to west coast... <laughs> Move on. <laughs> uh, and on this week's show, uh, <clears throat> the Brits return. Alex Palou is the best man not in a Formula One car. And will Brad Pitt win the 2024 F1 Championship? <laughs> All that and more on another episode yes. of Rear of the Grid. <laughs> Here we are, back for another week, in review of the British Grand Prix, Jashar, not the fucking English Grand Prix, mate. Don't know, you're off your apps, you've lost the plot, mate, the English Grand Prix, alright. It's the British Grand Prix, thank you very much. Scotland and Wales and Northern Ireland exist. Do they? And the fucking Channel Have you been to Wales? I haven't been to England. Then how do you know, sir? How do you know that Wales exists? It's it's a goddamn controversy. How do you it's, know that England it's exists? It's a conspiracy, sir. It could be... How do I know England exists? Yeah. Because of Ben. <laughs> Shout ben, out to Ben. Ben's, Ben's not from England. Benjamin Bates has been ben, to ben England, Benjamin though. He has reported to me live and in person that England does indeed exist. I'm he sure has he's not been, been to Wales, Wales before, though. so he's reported to me that Wales exists. He's been to Wales? I assume so. He's been to he England. Can't I, make... no, if you have spent any extended period of time living in England and you have not travelled into at the minimum Wales and Scotland at some point, I would be shocked and be asking what the fuck are you doing with your weekends? I honestly would bet money on the fact that Ben has never been to Wales. Why on earth would you go to Wales? Why would you go to anywhere in England? It's all the same fucking piece of land. Just with an arbitrary border drawn there. (laughs) Oh my god. You know what? We need a Welsh driver on the grid. You know, someone to really spice things up a little bit. Maybe that's what Gareth Bale's future career should be. Formula One driver. Let's do it. Add him to the list. Um, Alright. The British, now what I was going to say, the British Grand Prix, I'm not quite, this This still wasn't quite a Seamus level Grand Prix. <laughs> Do you get the reference there? My God. That sounds like Move a good on. Very good, Move very on! Good. Um, but I'm inclined to say this is probably the closest we've come this season. I think this is probably the best race we've had so far this year. Yes. Um, I tend to it agree. Was very... Very, it was intriguing at the start and it was a little bit spicy at the end. 
and it had something to piss us the fuck off in the middle, which is, you know, all the makings of a great Grand Prix. Agreed. Um, it was Agreed. very, very enjoyable. So, yeah, what were your overall, you've indicated you agree, but what were your overall thoughts of the British Grand Prix, the British Grand Prix weekend? Mm, yeah, my thoughts on the English Grand Prix are thusly. So, obviously, Max Verstappen, at this point in time, he, uh, he runs his own race every weekend. Um, and did so mostly mm. here. Although, courtesy of a late safety car, we did have a little moment of... I think it's high time that we have... Um, obviously, last week we introduced the, the Reddit thread of Formula 1.5. Yeah. I'd like to take it a step further. From now on, I think I'd like to have Formula 1.5, Formula 1, or even Formula 1.25, if you want, and then just Formula <laughs> Max. Yeah, yeah, Formula Max. Exactly. Um, he doesn't even... Like, Red Bull competes, so that's, we'll separate that. That's the thing. I mean... Max is literally winning the Constructors' Championship. Yes, correct. Max. On his own, yes. Like, this is accurate. <laughs> all the stuff we're like, oh, like Paris... By like a job. fair margin Paris, as well. Paris is probably doing better than anyone else they could currently put in that car. Maybe. But Paris is also literally redundant. Yep. <laughs> he is not needed anymore. Max, yep. as I think someone was saying, you know what, let's just do all the Max. Let's just get all the Max... And that half of the Red Bull Garage talk just straight out of the way. I'm sure. Have you got any? Have you got more Verstappen? I can tell you that Red Bull has just won their 11th straight Grand Prix of the season. That equals McLaren. They will break the record in um, Hungary, Hungary, barring a massive boil over. And considering that they're normally pretty bloody good at Hungary, Max especially, um, they'll be winning. They'll be breaking that record in Hungary. Yes. Uh, honestly, it continues to be like the only way Red Bull. Is, well, to be honest, actually, there's one very simple way that Red Bull doesn't win every race this season. Max just needs a DNF. He's overdue for one. If Max DNFs, the fucking Grand Prix is blowing so wide open because Perez is so fucking. Well, Perez is fine. Perez is still the second fastest race just car can't on this, qualify. this track. But Perez, the problem is that Max will DNF this race, but Perez will have started 18th. So he'll only get up to 5th anyway. Yeah. Um, that's the only way, though. If Max is in the Grand Prix... Because I still think Perez will win a couple of Grand Prix this season, beating Max, possibly, because, you know... Be Once it gets through, his Saturday confidence back. Be it, be it through a Perez on race or just a race where Perez does get his Saturday back or qualifies like third or something and Max has bulk engine changes or whatever. So he yeah. starts last and for once he can't actually last a first and he can only last to 2.2 seconds behind Perez. Yes. But unless Max is out of the race, I just don't see a way anyone else can win. Because I don't, I think people can beat Perez. I just don't think anyone can beat Max. Um, this is six wins on a on the trot for Max as well. Yeah, um, so that equal. He becomes the fifth driver to have done that, matching but, Alberto Ascari, Michael Schumacher, Seb Vettel, and Nico Rosberg. Going to say notably, Lewis. It's hilarious that Nico did it, but not Lewis. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, Nico, Nico was just in a different dimension for one season of his career. Vettel having done it in those years, as much that's a thing. As much as I obviously I always lament the Mercedes Hamilton era, the two really dominant like 
Mercedes were very. That's the thing. Mercedes were block dominant for a long time. They were really. They were the only car that was ever going to win the constructors. They were the only car that was ever going to win the drivers. It was only between their two drivers. And then once Nico was gone, it was really only between Lewis, Lewis, and Lewis. Well, I mean Seb kind of half challenged. That's the thing. They had a couple of years where Ferrari half challenged. They had one great year of infighting themselves, and that. Um, and they always kind of, you know, still allowed a few other teams to pick up some races. They had Mercedes were great for. You know, having double D and they'd run into each other in Spain. Um, to that when Red Bull does domination, Red Bull really does domination. Like last season was pretty fucking dominant. This is an insane level, and the two hyper dominant Vettel seasons were just that hyper dominant. The other two were excellent seasons. Yeah, like the odd the one and three banger seasons, two and four just yeah complete. So I don't know. Do you know what the record is for most straight Grand Prix by a driver? I no, I do not know. Uh, I imagine it'd be like seven or eight. Just it say, can't be too much more, surely. It's pretty. I maybe delve into that while I'm talking here, perhaps. But yeah, I he, again, it's just the only way I don't see Max breaking, setting whatever that record is, is DNFs at this point. I just don't think you can beat. Obviously, like penalties. That I just don't think Max can. Anyone can beat Max in that combination of car and driver right now. If Max has a clean race, he's just. Uh, okay, it's 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 Seb uh, Vettel. Uh, guess the number. Eight. It's nine. Not. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Between I can Belgium, see... be, between Belgium twenty thirteen and Brazil twenty thirteen. Oh, the close oh, home stretch. Yeah. It was a very dominant season. I told you. Um, <laughs> Not bad. Yeah. Look. So Max would have to win Hungary, Belgium, his home Grand Prix. And Monza, I think. Uh, yes, that sounds right. That does. Hungary's right. going to be in, again. Penalties aside, Hungary is an easy dub. Uh, I think Belgium probably a fairly easy dub. Frankly, at that point in time, if he's up to eight straight Grand Prix, I'll actually be kind of rooting for him to win the home Grand Prix in Zandvoort to make it spicy going into Monza. Yeah. Give him the home. You know what? He deserves the fucking home win in possibly the most dominant season of Formula History. Then we'll arrive at Monza with Max Verstappen on nine straight victories, <laughs> going for the oh record. Oh my god! And he'll lose to Alex Albon in a Williams because <laughs> fucking hell, that car is rapid. That's our segue. No, I, well, I, I didn't actually get a chance to talk about Red Bull at all, so I'd, I'd like to actually have a moment here. No, have a, have a crack at them. That was a good segue. I did really appreciate that. That was smooth, but yes. Uh, I thought uh, worth noting from this weekend was that we did actually see some moments of vulnerability from Max Verstappen in the first time for a while. Um, a, he was pipped for the lead by Lando at the start of the uh, of the race there. So Very fun. impressive stuff from, so from Lando. Oh, yeah. Hey, look, look. You know, five laps behind a McLaren, you know, before this weekend, we would have said that's pretty pretty embarrassing, but little will be to know that McLaren are actually rocket ships. Um, good, good, good stuff. But I did think it was very impressive for Max to not just instantly go back at Lando. He, he bided his time. He waited for the DRS to come through, and he made it clean. He made it easy. He made it clinical. That was very impressive. Uh, we also saw Max drive into a wall during qualifying, which I thought was noteworthy. 
Did, Did you see this? Yes. He when? was coming out of his garage and he drove into a wall and broke his front wing. Oh, that's fucking hilarious. Oh, he I know. Likes to, he likes to make it interesting. he <laughs> got to make it interesting, brother. Still got pole, of course. Oh, pretty easily in the end. Yeah, but there you go. Um, joining, of course, Alex Albon in Q3 there. There we go. Yeah, well, there you Segway. go. That's actually nice. a nice segue because I do want to talk <laughs> quality, obviously. So thank you. Thank you. Mm. Well done. Um... Yeah, right. look, it was an interesting um, qualifying session. We saw both um, support categories had mm. mixed conditions, mixed sort of wettish conditions for their sprint races on the Saturday. Um, and for Formula One, kind of arrived at... I think Charles might have been the only person who went out in Q1 on Inters originally and was pretty much straight away on the radio like, uh, yeah, that's a no, lads. <laughs> um, but it sort of teased some rain coming back at the end and it was very much a, that's a thing, it had been a wet track, so it was an ever-drying track and ever getting more rubber down track. It was getting quicker and quicker and quicker, mm. which meant, I think, Magnussen... Oh, there was also a pair of red flags... Uh, Valtteri Bottas yeah. fucking yeeted it very early on. Um, Bottas was at the end of uh, Q1. His car switched off. Oh, no, you're sorry. You're right. I'm just looking here and Bottas isn't on the time thing. Yeah. I just realized it's because Bottas was disqualified. Yes, um, yes. <laughs> that makes more sense. Sorry. So I know Magnussen, I believe... His car also switched off in the middle of... Uh, yes, his car switched off in the middle of the session, which brought out a red flag. I think he's was the se- he was the second one, possibly, who caused a red flag. It was right at the end, which is, like, oh, fuck, are people actually going to get laps in here? Mm-hmm. Um, I know someone else went off at some point, I believe, brought out a red flag, but was able to keep going and thus um, stay in the session. Because there was two was red Hamilton? flags. Was that Hamilton? Was that Hamilton? There was, um, I don't know, there was definitely two off. red flags. So unless there was just a red flag for Magnuson and then just a random red flag for nothing. I know there was two red flags because there was one like halfway through and it was right. like, oh, interesting. I'm pretty sure. Unless I'm like... Maybe you're stricken the Kool-Aid. I'm Ma- honestly, no I maybe, I maybe, about. maybe I'm going, getting my numbers of red flags confused with the F2. I, there was a lot of, red, <laughs> there was a lot of anxiety and frustration caused by red flags in qualifying with various people. Like, mm. oh, they're not going to get a fucking lap in here. Wait, was it anxiety or, or hangxiety? Have you been on the meds again? Have you been on, on the, on the drinks? <laughs> you alcoholic, sir. Anxiety. Yes. Um, regardless, what we got was really like a two, three, two to three minute shootout. Yeah. Right at the end of Q1, um, where it was a little bit of... It, like, the track was just getting better right down to their... Like, everyone sort of set a time and then had one more run at it. And it was basically every time someone fucking crossed the line, a new person sort of jumped up a fair way up the order. So it was a little bit like the last... We had person, a moment of a Williams 1-2. It was amazing. Oh, it was fucking... It was such a... Such a... So, so you did watch a little bit of In the End? Yes. Well done. This was a good session to watch. It was saucy. Um, yeah, it was very much a bit like the last card across the line. Definitely had a huge advantage. In saying that, there are absolutely cars who crossed halfway through the run who still set pretty good times that didn't just bundle all the way down to just squeaking in. <laughs> Perez, because what I'm getting into here is Perez was someone who, Perez was definitely about midway through the pack in terms of his lap time, if not nearer to the front. He was closer to the front, yeah. In saying that, regardless of that, regardless of track evolution, 
I just, and I, I mean, I'm pretty sure you agree with me, but I will ask you. I just feel realistically, with and when there's no lap times getting deleted for track limits, or him crashing out, or anything like that, I just don't think Perry should ever be lower than 13th on the grid. 13th <laughs> on me is it? Well, no, because it comes down to I think Perry should always, regardless of circumstance, basically, unless they be otherworldly, should be ahead of. Both Haas, both Alpha Tauri, both Alpha Romeo, and, and Sergeant. Logan Sargent. Mm-hmm. So that puts him P13. Yeah. Now, <clears throat> even then, I'll cop it if one of the Haas is like, you know, if Hulk's on his good one or whatever. Yeah, Hulk, Hulk was good again, you know. You if, if you know, Bottas that. But really, and there's, he just, he was able to beat both Alpha Tauris, one Haas, one Alpha Romeo. It's just not good enough to also be behind Bottas, Sargent, and Nico Hulkenberg. Mm. I just, yeah, there's just, for me, just no no excuse there. Um, yeah, so obviously, uh, as, as the track dried out, you know, the commentators kept talking about this, like the guys running later into the session were going to have an easier track to drive on, and you did see the time it gets quicker and quicker and quicker. Um, but yeah, Perez, Perez didn't, you know, make that excuse. He didn't say, oh, he didn't complain about the, the wet conditions. He just said, yeah, look, it's not good enough on my end. I know it's not good enough. My Saturdays haven't been good enough for a while. I need to improve. Apparently, Helmut Marco has been having chats with him, which, you know, I mean, Perez could be, um, uh, banished to the Shadow Realm in the next month or so if this, this keeps happening. So I'm sure he knows the pressure is on. Um, I just, that I think is a re, I just think. What what do they have to gain by dumping Perez midseason? That's what the rumors are saying. Oh no, I'm sure they are, but like, what what benefit? It's not like they're in. If they were in a fucking you know a real dick fight or whatever, um, mm. like you know what you know what I mean. If it was a real red hot battle, sure. It but was like, for like a race. <laughs> we had like a one moment of ooh Perez and Max. No no no, but I mean like constructors, <laughs> like the drivers. That's constructors wise. It's not like they don't need Perez to win the constructors title. It's mm-hmm. not like Perez ailing. It's not like they've got Max running away with it, but Perez is ailing so badly. But you yourself third... just just said that you don't think it's good enough on Perez's side. Oh no, I don't think it's good enough. But when it's not having a like, there's a that's the thing. It's not you know. I think there's a compelling case to replace Devries mid-season. Because DeVries mm. is not doing good enough, and it is hurting Alpha Tauri. If you can put someone in that car who can go a second a lap quicker than DeVries or whatever, then that is a second... That's a thing. Right now, there is a chance that in some races, Sonoda could score points. There is yeah. no chance that DeVries could score points. If you put someone else in that car who has a chance of scoring points, that might be all you need to finish ahead of Haas or Alfa Romeo or whatever. That yes. could just eke you home and not leave you dead last. Red Bull is winning the constructors. Whether Perez could stop fucking driving, and they'll Correct. honestly probably still win the constructors. One hundred percent. Max, Max, Max himself is fifty-two points ahead of P two Mercedes. Yeah. So even if he slows down, because that's it. Perez has got his points now. So Red Bull's got to be what nearly two hundred plus points clear. Ah, uh, yeah. I um, just don't think... Yeah, Paris could stop racing, and I don't think anyone's going to run that down. They are over 200 points clear of Mercedes. Oh, there you go. In which case, yeah, like, it's, that's not getting run down, regardless no. of what the fuck Paris... So at which point, what's the point of axing Paris mid-seat? You may as well just give him the year and give him every single Grand Prix, every single chance 
to you know mm. turn around and fix it out because what if what if he what if we get to the, the last stretch and then just something something clicks the confidence comes back he wins the last four grand prix looks dominant and you're like yeah you know what he probably still is the best driver we can have in this car let's keep him or potentially you take the rest of the season to you know get a young uh driver in there and let him come to come to grips with the car and, and try and improve and then yeah like, what the happened the, season, the lo- what happened yeah. the last time red bull did that but there's no pressure this time. Like you said, they've already won. They don't need to be. No, no, no. But, but Alex Alex Album was fine the half season he got. He got given yeah. a half season, and then yet that the first full year he just crumbled. I don't necessarily think that's the right move. And I also just don't Sir? think it's it's the best the best look when it's just yeah like. But neither is neither is what neither is what uh, Perez is doing right now. It's not that's not great, but I don't think that looks bad for Red Bull. That looks bad for Perez. Yeah, for sure. That's I think sure. dumping Perez does look a little bit bad mm. for Red Bull. In saying that, and this will come back later on in a segment, I have to run um, for you a little little game for you to play. Man's crazy. Uh, I think with every week that passes, I think it, yeah, Perez is gone. Yes, we've I don't think he this. should be gone halfway through the season. But... And someone who is fast enough to replace him could be Alex Albon. Just saying. Yes. Um, yeah, there's no way he's in that seat next year, so it will be fascinating whether or not he's still on the grid. I think he should still be on the grid if he can find a role in... I'm just going to link everyone to Haas because it's the only one that makes sense. Like The Alfa Romeo drivers feel kind of locked in. Mm. Um... Well, William, Williams could open up, but I kind of like, ah, oh, fuck it, stuck stick youngsters in Williams. Uh, he's not going to Alpha Test. I'm just, everybody, I'm going to have 10 drivers driving for Haas next year. I reckon they should do a <laughs> rotational basis. Uh, um, they like fucking rock, paper, scissors before each race to see who's going to do it. <laughs> uh, you know, I reckon that's the way to go. Yeah, I think we maybe that's what we maybe that's what we back into the sport. Agreed. Maybe that's what we need instead of a eleventh team, a twelfth team. That maybe it's just one car, a twenty-first car. It's the wild card car. There's like five or six drivers who are there. They're always going to pull, and someone just spins the random name generator every week. <laughs> and fuck, I don't we mind it. we could end uh, up with out of twenty-four races, we could end up with twenty races of fucking Dan Tictum. And we're all fucking ecstatic. <laughs> you know Dan Tictum's never, ever getting back into the sport. You know this. You know this. Why? Too you much not, controversy, have you, brother. Have you not seen the amount, the amount of beef he has with his own team in fucking Formula E? It's gold. No, I, I have Dan not. I Dan so much. Oh, uh, he's been getting a bit rowdy. It's good. Uh, a little rowdy. Oh, um, no. But yeah, so Perez, Perez fell in Q1, along with Magnussen, DeVries, Joe, and Sonoda. The one thing to say in Perez's defense, he mm. was only one, sorry, point, yeah, he was only just under two hundredths of a second off Alonso. Alonso was the guy who went through yeah, in 15th. Wow. Um, so there was, a, and Alonso would end up qualifying ninth. There was yeah. a lot to be saved for just how much track evolution there was on that final run. Oh, absolutely. It was yeah. one of those ones. I've said that, and this is cross all category. Sometimes it's just, it doesn't need to have had a wet track. It can just be. Some tracks just really evolve as the session goes on. Tracks, high track evolution qualifying sessions are probably the coolest thing in motorsport because there's nothing quite like 
just that last one minute. Because like some qualifying sessions, you can literally just be like, ah, oh, fuck it, I'll skip all of it but the last two minutes. And then mm. you just watch times fucking tumble. And it's so... Because you go in and you're like, oh, yeah, my dog, my dog's in, like, P4 right now. I'm pretty happy at the Your take dog? P4. That's not... Yeah, my, do- my Shout dog. Shout out to Nazumi. No, no, no like, yeah. D-O-W-G, my dog. Yeah, yeah. Like, he's got that Your dog. Yeah, like Jimmy Butler, that dog. Yeah, 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 yeah. But you know, like, yeah, like, oh yeah, my boy, my boy is in P four. That's pretty. No, we love a P four. We love a P four. And seventeen seconds later, you're like, holy shit, he is sixteenth. This is, and then suddenly they're on pole, and mm. you're like, oh fucking yeah, the boys. But they're just they're huge roller coasters. <laughs> Shout out to my door. For, um, great, great stuff. Q two would obviously see Bodass not take part. Uh, we would also see Logan Sargent, Esteban Ocon, Lance Stroll, and Nico Hulkenberg. Mm. Fall at that final hurdle, which would mean, and it should be said at this point, both McLarens had gone through in. Well, P- Norris went through convincingly in Q1. Uh, Piastri had been another one who kind of just skated through by the skin of his. He had he'd had points up there, but he was a big part of the tumble. He was only like eleventh or twelfth, I think, yeah. skating through from Q1. But they were both in the top. God, three or four, I think. By the looks of it, they were second and third. Piastri, I believe. Yeah, Piastri was P2 to Max. I think Norris was third in Q2. McLaren was clearly on. They'd not, and I don't think that, but they were, They seemed to be on in the practice session Saturday morning, and then they were on in yeah. quali. Alex Albon was on the Alex Albon was in the podium of every single practice session. No, man's just had a... He loves it in Britain, man. I know yeah. it's... Like, and we know it's only practice, but at that point in time, you're starting to get to your point where you're okay. This is not just smoke and mirrors. This is a, like, there is something here. Yeah. We knew that car was going to be quick. And it was. Um, I think there's a case to be made. I've already seen some discussion on that. If this pace continues, McLaren might lose Formula 1.5 eligibility and be booted from the series. <laughs> God. Which means uh, Albon... Well, I mean, it's deserved. They're, they're, if this is their yes. pace now, they're so far clear. Um, but also, we saw we saw Ferrari, not quite this level of pace, but they had a big spike in pace in Austria. and then They did, they this did. Weekend. So this obviously... So you've got to give us some time. ...to see where this goes. Absolutely, absolutely. I agree. They need at least a second round from it. But yes. if that's the case, then Albon was pretty, pretty well clear in terms of the 1.5 race. He was miles in front of anyone else. Um, he was yeah. out there fucking dueling with the big boys coming off closing laps. He looked right at home as well. He, he really, he, he really he did. It. He really. Also, can it just be said that special edition Williams livery? Fuck that nice. was sexy. Very very nice. So clear. And honestly, on track, McLaren. The McLaren one looked good on track. It it popped. Nah. It popped in person. I think it was nice. I'm not saying it was nah. crazy, but it looked way better live than the just the still images did. No, nah, I'm not a fan. Still not a fan. It just the, the gray just kind of exacerbated the disgusting wheels. And honestly, like that was the it's worst not, part. It's not gray. It's chrome. Fuck off, mate, mate. It's literally chrome. That's the fucking whole gimmick. Yeah, yeah, I get it. Chrome is just shiny gray. The worst part about this weekend uh, with McLaren getting so much camera time, which obviously is fantastic, but I had to look at those goddamn wheels over and over and over again. I hate those freaking wheels. Yeah, look, the wheels aren't the wheels aren't my favorite. They are. They are oh. my favorite. Um. They should get sponsored by Mozilla Firefox. <laughs> they should! Yes! The hubcaps are the fucking Mozilla logo. 
Yes, that'd be sick. A, that'd be fucking hilarious. That'd be really funny if like two races and then we'd realise it looked hideous. But the two races yeah. would be gold. I don't know if anyone... Um, does anyone use Firefox these days? <laughs> My dad uses Firefox. Shout out! Hell yeah! That's awesome. Uh, but yeah, the final qualifying order. And fucking, I think Norris... Well, Norris was briefly on pole. Uh, just to tantalise us. But the final qualifying order. Yeah, Max Verstappen on pole. Lando Norris, P2. Oscar Piastri, P3. Two wow. McLarens in the top three. Lando Insane. was the only other man for the whole of qualifying to make the 26s, yeah. along with Max. Um, yeah, like, wow. Because it's exactly it just happened to be... Oh, it's moments like these where you're like, mm, maybe it is all scripted. It just happened to be on this weekend that the team principal, team CEO-ish man of choice to be the live cross in the lane just so happened to be zach brown on the weekend when a fucking McCarran, mclaren game I back know. to play have you ever seen anyone dap up someone harder than zach brown at the end of this qualifying my man was throwing out high fives like his life oh, depended dude. on it it was zach, insane. i mean look sometimes he can be real annoying but zach brown has fucking energy and passionate for this business he's a real bro he's a real um, f1 he bro. is he is a real he, yeah. he seems to be like a real like you know like driver's CEO kind of guy. He's just one of the boys. Yes. He's but just one of the Lando boys. Over the radio, Lando over the radio was like, oh, I hope Zach is happy. Yes, Must make it really fucking hard to fire people for Zach Brown if he's so one of the boys. Like, he has to, they, he calls him into their office and they honestly think he's just going to be like, hey, man. Let's play some you know. Fuck yeah. And then he's like, you're fired. <laughs> was that your attempt at the Donald Trump voice? Uh, I was by attempt the Donald Trump theme without doing a full-on impression. Right, okay, yeah, yeah, fair enough. Um, but yeah, so we'll talk more of it as well in terms of the race thing and that. But yeah, this McLaren pace, was it was electric. And it was obviously at this point, it was like, ooh, will this translate to Sunday, to race pace? We'll have to wait and see. Spoiler alert, the answer is yes. Um, yeah. It was so good. And that roar when fucking Lando was briefly on pole... Yeah, dude. No, I, the fans I are mean, behind it, that, yeah. but oh, the the Brits really. Do. I mean, let's see. Home drivers doing well at home Grand Prix, and that's one of the reasons. Honestly, I kind of want Max to just dominate Zandvoort because they'll be going fucking insane for him. They will. Um, I mean, home they'll drivers, go insane regardless. Home drivers performing in home Grand Prix is always pretty cool because there is such a good reception. But surely uh, you prefer like a Max winning in, in a tight, entertaining race because that's that. You know, oh, that, absolutely, no, mate. He can get it in a last lap pass. I just want him to win. Yeah, he definitely will. I mean, come on. Um, then we had the Ferrari boys of Charles and Carlos, George mm. Russell, Lewis Hamilton, Albon, who was able to pip out Alonso and Gasly, which I was hoping he could sneak a little bit higher up the grid, but that's fair enough. Highest of, effect, effectively highest of the non-big teams now, if McLaren, as we said, their pace is going to be. Aston could be joining them soon, mm, the way their pace Alonso, is going. Alonso a lot further down than we would have expected, and Pierre Gasly, who's on a little bit of a resurgent compared um, compared to his teammate. Uh, yes, moment. because Ocon keeps making stupid mistakes. Yes, but Alpine in general keeps on being shit. Yes, correct. Uh, and roll around <laughs> the race. We've talked Max, we've talked Perez. You know what? Do we want to just get the bit we both really want to talk and have some good fun about? Should we just go straight to McLaren? In a little bit yeah. more, a little bit more dev. So yeah, McLaren, they came home P two and P four. I think just about everyone, including Lewis himself. Well, I mean, I don't know. I haven't actually heard Lewis say anything, and maybe he would be in turnout. But George, 
George believes like, Piastri finished, deserved to finish P3. Um, they were comfortably yeah. clear. Piastri was, what, f- five plus seconds, give or take? Clear of... Oh, he was like three and a half clear of Charles when Charles pitted. Yeah. Um, the Ferrari refused to fire up its hard tyres. So <laughs> knew just before Piastri and that and Russell did pit, We'd seen a graphic indicating that Russell, who himself was sitting just under six seconds, I believe, behind Piastri, was go. If he pitted, then he'd come out basically right in line with Leclerc, which meant he'd extended on Leclerc since Leclerc had pitted. So he was a good five and a half to six seconds clear of anyone else when he pitted. And looking comfortable, no, looking really confident. No out indication there. that gap would drop. He cleared away from the guys behind him after the restart. And he more or less held on to Lewis. There's just... There wasn't... Beyond some of the early flashes and that, without big pace differentials, there wasn't... There still wasn't crazy amounts of on-track overtaking in this race. It was more just intriguing. Some certain... Some cool battles. On and that. Yeah, there, well, there was... Well, actually... There was, there was that George there. Russell overtake through Leclerc... Uh, sorry, on Leclerc through Luffield. That was... Yeah, hard. it was a pretty good. I think it might have been again an F2 and a half to that, but I know my. I think two things came from this weekend, at least, and I think they're both in the F2. I'm pretty sure my F2 moment of the season has already been fucking locked up, and you know what? It deserves a mention on this podcast as well. I assume you saw it when fucking after their intense battling, and we'll get into the battle itself and the other show, but when Jack Doohan waved at Ollie Behrman. <laughs> after he, he went into deep and drove and this is coming as like the biggest Ellie Behrman fan of the world but I fucking I, I was like did he just wave rewound rewatched it I was fucking pissing myself laughing when Jack Dewan waved off Ollie Behrman when he finally got by that shit was hilarious and there was someone in there and I'm pretty sure it was in the F2 and they went from like from the hang the fucking Wellington Strait or whatever to cops i think side by side they did like six corners mm. literally side by side i don't think we'll see a better battle than that for the rest of the fucking year yeah that was, that was insane. insane i think it was um, fitting, fitting in someone but yeah there was, was, was we there also was really liked uh, like lando's defensive driving on hamilton fresh out of the safety car that was some really that was awesome really driving. good lando's driving with um max at the start should we say yeah, yeah. max max kind of bombed the start a little bit lando got a really good getaway jumped him Oscar was really fucking close. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, right is right Oscar very, very nearly. And I think he kind of chose in the end to maybe back it off a little bit, which is probably sensible. But I think he probably could have tried to send it in there. Because he was sort of high with him. He probably could have tried to dive into cops if he wanted to. But he probably sat there and went, ah, Lewis can get away with murdering Max at the British Grand Prix because he's British and they fucking love him. But if I murder Max at the British Grand Prix, they might actually throw me in prison for it. So maybe not. Um, and sensibly, he decided not to murder Max at Cops Corner because Max has had enough of that in his career. But he could have probably... That's I honestly quite the reference, he... Matthew. That's quite the reference. It's quite the reference. I mean, what are we saying? No one got Max? murdered, you dog. Let's keep murder off the podcast. It's a family-friendly podcast. For all listeners and all viewers. Yes, this is a family-friendly podcast because neither of us has ever said the word cunt on air before. Well, I'll be beeping that out, you cunt. It's still still a beep. It's everyone knows. You fucking shit cunt. (laughs) You fucking fuck. You fucking fuck. Oh, my God. 
yes, um, continue. But yeah, so all throughout that, um, yeah, so basically what happened here was... Who did stop on track to bring out this set? Oh, it was Magnuson again, wasn't Magnuson's it? Magnuson, car would Magnuson's go car fire. caught on fire. Um, we were just kind of going along. And then there was a car on fire. And I was like, oh, no. Yeah. Um, it was just one of the, because, like, honestly, the race had lost a bit of steam at this point in time. Like, everyone kind of had settled into oh, their position, and it was like... Safety car was such a huge injection for the race. Oh, yeah, massive. It fucking annoyed me with how it uh, manipulated the results. Because, obviously, obviously... Yeah, go. go, go. Yeah. No, 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 oh, you, you said it. Yeah, go ahead. Well, Piastri had just pitted, right? Yeah. Piastri had just pitted just before the safety car. Um, I think Perez also pitted before the safety car. A couple uh, of guys... Um, George. Yeah, and George, George was, but George was the other big one. Yeah, it's it's a blow. Uh, it, it happens, you know. These things happen. You can't obviously predict such things, but obviously, um, Piastri would end up getting jumped by Hamilton uh, yes. due to said pit stops. And well, Hamilton that's the thing. It's, the it's a, yes. Oh, just because because um, Silverstone's such a unique one because of the way it's. Uh, and they said this on the broadcast. I think it's like the second or third longest pit lane on the calendar, but because of the nature of how the track works. You skip the last three corners and you skip turn one. So mm. you miss four corners by coming into the pits. So it's actually not as long of a loss as... Like, I'm pretty sure the actual total loss is less time than you actually spend in the lane because you gain back several seconds just by not having to do that last section of corners. Yeah. When it's under safety car, it's a nine-second loss. Yeah. So the second it came out, and obviously for someone like myself, this fucking hurt because the previous evening I'd watched the F2 race and like I'd already done this fucking rodeo once. I'd watched Fred Vesti pit and then fucking a lap later a safety car came out and I just went, oh, he's going to get fucking banished here. And he went from running like P7, P8 when before his pit stop to he was buried in P16 with, like, everybody relevant having pitted. And I was like... Um, and then he got um, yeeted by Roy Nassani, and I will let out that anger on the other podcast. But I'd already watched <laughs> this once. I'd watched the fucking safety car come out and just gone, this has fucking killed my boy's race, hasn't it? And I, it didn't kill Oscar's race, but I had to watch... I had to get my heart broken by it again because I was like, oh, that's the podium gone, isn't it? And yeah, sure enough, Hamilton was able to jump. Yeah. Well, effectively, Hamilton jumped four of them. He jumped both Ferraris. Sorry, no, because Sainz stayed out or something. I don't fucking know what Sainz did. <laughs> Hamilton, Hamilton found his way position, up into yeah. P3. He Before all the stops and that started, he was... Yeah, no, how about that? So yeah, before all the stops started, Hamilton was P7. He was the big beneficiary because suddenly he was P3. He jumped Piastri. He jumped Russell. He jumped both mm. Ferraris. And whilst McLaren had been steadily moving their way forward in that, there just wasn't like enough of a pace differential between those, the rest of those midfield cars. For an hour. That's the thing. If Max had somehow found his way to P5, we would have got a sick bit of Max passing the top four to win. Oh, but yeah. there just wasn't big enough pace differentials towards the end there. And particularly as well, while the McLarens fired it, the, Mac- God, the McLarens are so good at getting those tyres fired up. They've not necessarily yes. been the best. Because like, obviously, like, because like the, the the question was like, oh, Norris is putting hards on, but yeah. will he be able to get them not to temp? Obviously, under safety car conditions, and yeah, he was totally fine. He the, held off the, Hamilton really well off the off the restart, and then just maintained P two. Ferraris um, had absolutely nothing on those. Well, they didn't. They didn't have any fresh tires, if I'm not mistaken. 
They had a how weird you, situation. How do you not even have a set of fresh hearts? Uh, it makes sense for softs in that, because they had to use an awful lot of softs, because the track kept evolving so much, and there were so many fucking red flags. That yeah. to put on a lot of tyres. How do you not even have a fresh set of hards? Yeah. Um, but yes, yeah, like, because they, to think, when Charles was the first one to pit and put the hards on, and he was kind of doing nothing. So Orlando, I think a lot mm. of the race was pushing to go to softs. And I think maybe if that safety car hadn't come out, he was managing those tires so well, he probably could have run longer and possibly gone to the softs, um, which I think is what Max ended up doing. So he could have maybe gone there, but they obviously felt it was a little bit too long for them to go on the softs. Yeah. Um, the other one I do want to say, just on this sort of safety car, and we've kind of ended up tying all these teams in nicely together, which I'm pretty pleased with. I do really, obviously, massively I feel for Piastri, as a Piastri fan, as an Australian, also just the kids that the podium and didn't get it. Um, I feel a lot for George, because... Yeah, he could have been on for a podium as well. He had to, he took those, that's the thing, early on in the race, they're like, oh yeah, we expect the, um, you know, probably as indicated, the soft window, maybe about 10 laps, you know, we'll see if George yeah. can extend that a little bit, and, you know, get himself... He fucking took the softs longer than most of the medium runners. He got like, t- he almost made it to half race distance on the softs. To the point I was yeah. sitting there going, well, wouldn't everyone else just run their mediums if they can to like lap 35 or something and then just put on fucking softs because George has proved they can go that far? Badness. Um, He took them so far and basically they just they gave up on him like two laps too early. Yeah. If they'd been able to go two yeah. more laps, he wouldn't have pitted yet. And he wouldn't have got. He would have made it past the safety car. And it's just like, oh, oh, he got done so dirty. But this was still his first ever points in his home race, so it's still a win overall. I think for George Russell. And this was good. I think it. he looked. Yeah, he looked. He looked pretty good. He probably looked slightly quicker than Lewis. I'd say, Most not by good. much, but I'd say a little bit quicker than Lewis for the weekend. Um, which is been needed. Lewis has had him. Obviously, Lewis still took more points. Yes, Lewis has yes. had him had him recently. The mo- mo- at the at the very least, it's the closest the Hammer, the Mercedes boys have looked. Yeah, in no, pace agreed. Agreed, for a agreed. few rounds. I think George just needs that bit of a bounce back. Yeah, this gut- is step gutted, in the right direction, though, for sure. Yeah, gutted for Oscar, absolutely heartbreaking. But I think this is it. We we said well, we said early on. I said early on in the year when we didn't think that McLaren was very good. It was going to be, I was like, look, it might be a bit more of a George and that. He just has to go in, try and put in some Saturday performances, have the raw data there that they can all see that's like, this is good, and just kind of wait, take a bit of an opportunity and have that one real signature moment if he can and that, and just be like, have that season where everyone knows your car's a shitbox, but they know you kind of did some things that maybe you shouldn't be able to do in that shitbox for them to be like, hey, you know what? Even though you've scored fuck all points this year, we know mm. there's something there. You're going places, kid. <laughs> this isn't the way I expected it to necessarily come, because there wasn't that, and I think there now could be more of them. But that's the thing. He, It's not like Norris blew him away in qualifying, and it's not like he was running away. Piastri may have even been fractionally faster at one point there early, and they chose to yeah. hold, hold formation and just work on getting the gap over the rest of the field. I think that was the smartest call. Mm. If they'd raced each other, that could have brought the others back into it. And from then on, he never really, until obviously they got a car in between them, he never really dropped more than two, maybe two and a half seconds tops back of Norris. 
He was right no, up there. No, he was the right, yeah, he was well in with there. With a much more that. He was the third quickest guy there. This That's is it. Awesome. He's already delivered a signature drive halfway through his first season. Yeah. If anyone had any doubts about Oscar's ability to perform at this level, they're that's gone. them silence. They're gone. They're, this they, is his coming out, it, coming out party right here. This is his hugely, coming out. Yeah. Hugely. Um, fucking, and what's, uh, this is probably Norris's drive of his career as well. I think if we're, if we're being honest about it. Um, I think, yeah. Because <laughs> I was thinking about double, a double thing. This. I was actually thinking along... I think it's mighty close what the bigger result is for McLaren. This P2, P4, or the mm. 1, 2 in Monza. Ah, uh, yeah, true. That iconic um, little I, I, still think <laughs> it, I still think it narrowly goes to the 1, 2 in Monza, because obviously that was a win. That the was win their first huge. win in Yonks. That was massive. But relatively speaking, I kind of think this was more impressive because yeah. they were genuinely there as the second and third fastest car. Monza, yeah. the two big boys took each other out. There was a couple of other things. They, they, obviously, they had good pace and were up there in Monza for a reason. But a few things that no one who was relevant took themselves out of this race. Mm-hmm. They were just the only car faster than them was Max. They were faster than everyone else. This was I think bloody it's also impressive. Worth noting that given the place they've been this season, given the where they've been, like closer to a back marker at the start of the year, and then all right, they're a midfield drivers, midfield team still, and then you come out here, like whatever their engineers have been doing, it's obviously worked, and they've de- they've turned around their season. If they can keep this up, of course, yeah. then yeah, this is fucking awesome. I mean, we speculated after Austria that obviously the upgrades had gone onto Norris's car and we were like, will they look good? It'd be interesting yes, to see. It'd be yes. interesting to see them that. They had them on both cars this week. And as we said, good. I said, oh, we won't want to give them one more race before we start declaring them properly part of the second pack behind Red Bull and that. Mm-hmm. But in many ways, they've already had two. And it, I think I'm, convi- I'm pretty convinced. Like, I'm not going to officially call it till we see what they're like in Hungary. Hungary and Belgium. Yep. But Very cool. I'm expecting that this is where they're going to be now, um, which is really fun. Not necessarily the ones on the podiums, but in that battle, I think, for the rest of the season, which is mm. really exciting. Um, and it should also be said, um, remember one week ago when you asked me to pick who I think would thought would finish, um, what was it, fifth and sixth? Yes. Um, and I yes. was like, you know what? And you picked Alpine. I think Alpine. Norris is the best of the lot, but I still think Alpine because I think <laughs> I think the two Alpine boys at this stage... Oh, I mean, I stand by that, based on that. I said, you can't call Piastri better than them yet. And I think the gap they've already got, I just don't think Norris and the little bit we get from Piastri can run that. It took McLaren one Grand Prix. Um, yep. There's no way. I, they may sneak back ahead at some point, but there's no way Alpine's coming out on top of this battle. Alpine were nowhere. They were nowhere this um, weekend. Ocon keeps was, making yeah. stupid mistakes, and Gasly obviously got yeeted by Stroll towards the end of the race here that stole points from him. But regardless, like in terms of overall pace, uh, McLaren were yonks ahead of them. Yeah. It's not like, even a conversation. Ignore the double DNF. Uh, it's still just like... Yeah, and that's the thing. If McLaren... If McLaren is able to, at a ceiling, be competing for the podiums, especially if it's both of them, like Alpine's just not got that upside. Alpine, no. Alpine is capable of being in the back end of the points with a couple of the big boys having bad weekends. They could pick up a fifth, sixth kind of thing. 
but they've not got podium pace. McLaren might have podium pace. Well, they already have had one podium pace, but they could consistently have podium pace now. Yeah. In which case, yeah, like that battle is over. And whilst I think it's way too early to seriously be asking the question, I do think the question is already shifting to will McLaren catch Aston Martin? Um, what about what about Ferrari and Mercedes? Oh, there's no well, no because Mercedes Mercedes is on pace with Aston McLaren. They're not like mm. dominant, but there wasn't that big of a gulf in terms of pace. So you you think they're a lock to pass Ferrari for fourth? It's just a question of whether they'll pass Aston Martin for third. Oh no, I think I think it's more likely that Ferrari passes Aston Martin for third. Are you smoking the good shit? Are you mad? Did you watch this race? Ferrari went nowhere, son. That Austria pace was a (laughs) one-off, man, I'm telling you. Ferrari, you do know both Ferraris were comfortably ahead of Alonso before they Ferrari'd them. So pace-wise, they were quicker. They're still Ferrari, and that's a lot to overcome. But they were running P4, P6, and Alonso was nowhere on them pace-wise. Yeah, it's a worry. It's a worry as to where Aston Martin's pace has gone. Like, have, they, have, they made, have they made upgrades yet? Do you know, Aston Martin? Um, I thought they were coming, and it seems like they've gone the wrong way, maybe. Or yes. they've just not come yet. I know that Ferrari was closer to Max's pole time than Alonso was to the Ferraris. Ferrari's, po- Ferrari's qualifying is always better than their I know, but race pace, pace, they were comfortably sitting P4, and Leclerc was managing George mm. just fine. And Sainz was P6, hanging on to the back of George and comfortably managing Hamilton, who was closing in him, but Alonso was going the opposite direction. And then Charles was one, because I don't think Alonso had pitted yet either, so Charles was caught out by the bad safety car. Well, they both were, I think. Both of them were kind of memed by the way the safety mm. car and things worked, and then just Carlos's tyres refused to fire at that. If for so... If for, and obviously that yes, it's a big ask of can Ferrari avoid Ferrariing themselves on enough occasions <laughs> to overtake Aston Martin, but yeah. they only sit twenty four points behind them. That's not that far. No, this is this is true, but yeah, I I, I think I've got. Slightly more faith in the Mike Crack led Aston Martin unit to figure it out um, than I do with uh, Ferrari being, I guess, coming in yeah, with any sort of consistency. And I, I don't, I don't, I refuse to believe that the Aston Martin pace at the start of the season was a one off. Um, oh, I don't think it was I, a one off, but I think others are possibly caught up. Yeah, for sure. But, you know, it's time for them to make some upgrades of, of themselves. Yeah. I don't think they have. And, um, and that yeah. obviously make a huge difference. And yeah, look, Stroll is, Stroll is in career worst form again at the moment, so he needs to sort yes. his shit out. Um, but, the first um, few races of the season where I was getting pretty high on Lance Stroll seemed like a long time ago. A long ago. time ago, brother. Very much family back to the camp of, come on, Lawrence. This kid, like, again, I'll say that. Lance Stroll deserved to be in Formula 1. He did enough mm. in junior categories that it's not an egregious pay driver thing. Money matters in Formula 1. If you've done a little bit, the same way as that, Latifi deserved to have a chance. Yeah. Because he could bring the backing, combine with some okay results, give him a chance. After a couple of years, you know, it was like, okay, we're giving Latifi a chance. Yeah, he's bringing money, but he's just, at this level, he cannot generate the results. Yeah. On to the next. I know he's your son. 
<laughs> he'll get over it, Lawrence. He will get over it. Fucking, you've got enough money. Instead of putting him in the vroom vroom every day, fucking, <laughs> I don't know. Like, buy him a supermodel or something. Buy him a fucking <laughs> massive house. <laughs> I don't, okay, all right. Not actually let's, buying let's a not talk about buying people. That's that's that gets into some murky waters, brother. Sorry, um, sorry. I've just suggested buying a, a a a white person. That's not acceptable. Buy him a small African village and let him, you know, Matthew, do what he wants with it. For the love of Christ, what the fuck is wrong with you? My God. Very little. Cutting all of that out. Fair enough. Suit yourself. <laughs> Yes, you buy buy him a buy him an island, all right? That doesn't have any people on it. <laughs> Let no, him put his own fun. people. It's more fun if it's him. He can put. How is that? Oh, he can put his own people on the island. That's just as sus. No, it's now like his friends. Like his friends. You, all, all you're subscribing to me now is Epstein Island. So. Oh my god! <laughs> just as sus. The no. point being. The point being. You can buy him whatever other toys he wants. He doesn't have to have the seat in the race car. Put him in a different race car. Fucking Lance Stroll would kill it in WEC or something. Yeah. Put him in a different race car. Buy him lots of other things. Just buy him. Just buy him the brand new Hot Wheels. In- <laughs> better than that, buy him the fucking movie. Yeah, um, yeah. Make them force them to remake the whole movie starring Lance Stroll. <laughs> Put him in the next Fast and Furious. Just. Divert that money anyway. He'd be a great actor. He's been acting him, like a Formula One driver for years. Give him a bigger percentage of the inheritance. Just don't keep putting him in the seat of that car. That is a seat on the grid that is now officially being taken up when it could be going to someone more deserving. Mm. Um, and what Felipe Drogovic feels about the whole thing? I don't think McLaren um, will catch Aston Martin either. I just wanted to throw it out there. There's a little, a, a, little hype, yeah. a little bit of sauce. But we've talked some McLaren, Mercedes, Aston Martin, Ferrari. We've talked Alpine. A little bit more. Alex, Alex Albon. We'll just go a little bit more on him. Williams. Um, this was, that's it. This was, honestly, this was bounce back pace for Williams. I think this was Logan Sargent's best drive of his career. Yeah, yeah. He looked pretty solid here. Um, solid and he sort of showed, we, we, got a, we got that tiny hint of it in Austria. And we sort of said he was looking good. And then I think he got hit with the penalty. None of that mm. this time. He just looked good. Um, yeah. Obviously gets no points for it. And there's sort of someone in the um, Reddit saying this is one of the things they love about Formula 1.5 is obviously Sargent had a really good driver, a really good weekend this weekend. And officially mm. the record shows nothing for it. Formula yes, 1.5, yes. he came fourth. <laughs> like, he was, only, he was uh... only beaten by his much more experienced teammate and the possibly now Formula 1-bound McLarens. Mm-hmm. He, he topped everyone else. It's been a long time since Sargent's done that. Um, I don't think he's ever done that. Yeah, so there's hope there. As you said, Albon was probably... He was getting past some guys. He, what, he passed signs? Yeah, comfortably had the Ferraris in the end. No. But he he closed up on it. He was definitely, you know, chasing him hard. He was looking, looking impressive. Um... It was very cool to see. Yeah, sorry, he finished P8 and ahead of yeah, both P8. Ferraris. And Sargent was P11, it should be said. Like, Less than a second behind Alonso, must be said. Yeah, like he did close up to it, just didn't quite have enough pace to get him down and chase him down at the end of that. But yeah, it was a mighty strong drive by Albon mm. all throughout the weekend. I definitely think he is faring as someone 
who should be in contention for that second seat at Red Bull. Which brings me on to my next uh, extended... Just a quick shout-out for yep. AlphaTauri, who brought in their biggest upgrades of the season uh, this week and still finished in the bottom two of the active runners. So Yeah, I'd say they delivered. Uh, good. <laughs> they were good... Oh, he was 1.4 seconds behind Joe. Uh, How can they nail that? Um, yeah, he's usually successful. Yes, yeah, so my next sort of topic is a bit of a combination. This is bundled in sort of that Red Bull seat, possibly a different seat that could open up as part of that Red Bull seat. And there's a name okay. I want to talk about here, Jashan. That's crazy. We've mentioned it on the a few times on the podcast before, but now I think it really needs to be ramped up. We've heard these billions of drivers that McLaren have signed up and they've just about <laughs> said every single one of them, like, oh, you know... Should we get them in? Do we want that person in the car? Do we want Colton Herder? Do we want Pato Award? And Jashan, throughout all of these IndyCar drivers being linked to Formula One, linked to McLaren, who is the one name I've consistently said, this is the best of the bunch. If it's anyone, it should be him. Oh, you've been a huge Colton Herder fan since the start, Matthew. Uh, you know uh, it, man. Right you know it. No, you're a big Alex Palou fan, evidently, from what I've Yes, heard. and he's obviously he's the only one of them to personally already be a series champion. He won it in his sophomore season. Mm. Uh, he was up there in the standings last year. And this year, Jashan, would you like to hear Alex Palou's IndyCar results? Well, I've already heard them uh, before the show, but for our listeners out there, please, r- r- rattle them out. All right, let me just quickly... Bring them the fuck You didn't up. have them ready? You did well, the segue without having I, them ready? Uh, what? Well, because well, I had them, they were they were there where I could see on my phone when I went to check the thing oh, earlier, yes. but my phone and my messenger has since reset. So oh, yes. they're no Iconic. longer just sitting there a bundle on my screen. Messenger banter. Ugh. Alex Palou's results this season have been Alright, so he was Quiet to start the year. He started the year with 8th, 3rd, 5th, 5th. That was his first four races of the season. Spread across a couple of street circuits, I think. One road course and one oval in Texas, where I believe he finished 3rd. Since that point in the season... This is electric stuff. Sorry. My fucking you you, po- you posted a mess you posted in Messenger in a different chat. I got distracted by the notification noise. Uh, so eighth, third, fifth, fifth was the start of his season. Since that point, there have been four road courses, four road course street circuits, and the Indy five hundred. Alex mm. Palou finished first. We then went to Indy, where he came fourth. You watched that race with me. I think mm-hmm. you'll agree there was a case to be made that he was... Oh, he was car. right up there, yep. He got fucking yeeted by Arenas VK on the first set of pit stops when he spun out into them, put him way down the pack, and he recovered all the way to fourth. Since that, mm. Alex Palou has won the last three races to take four wins in the last five. He's won the last four road courses. He's only once finished out of the top five the whole year. He is mm. now at the midway point of the season. He is more than 100 points clear of the next guy in the championship, which I'm pretty confident in saying 
in the three years I've been watching it, that's the biggest margin I've ever seen in the championship, particularly at this point in the season. No shit. Um, Every category of motorsport right now has just an incredibly dominant champion. Yeah. Except he's for just, F2. He's just at an otherworldly level. Because there's been a couple of times he has been up on poles or he'll be near the front, but he won't necessarily be the top driver for the first half of the race. He'll be there or thereabouts, mm. but then just when it all sort of shakes out... We're into the last one or two pit stops of the cycle. Once it's sort of running down and you know everyone's back in the same sequence and you know how it's all going to fall out, you're kind of just like, oh. Hello. Alex is six seconds up the road. Yeah. All right, well, see ya. <laughs> um, he is at a wild level at the moment. If anyone is coming across him in car, it has to be him. I think there needs to be genuine, serious consideration because I feel very comfortable saying... Alex Pillow is the best driver on the planet in terms of open-wheel racing that is not currently already sitting with his butt in a Formula 1 car. Right. I think he is better and more ready than anyone in F2, anyone who's, you know, sitting out as a reserve driver who's in Formula E, whatever. Better than he a, uh, is, Daniel Ricciardo. I think he's better than Ricciardo at this yeah. stage of their careers. And the biggest thing is, he's not like, you know, other guys. He's not, I mean, he's not at the tail end of his career. He's 40s. Heck, he's not even in his 30s. He's like 24 or something. Yeah, he's a young man. He is a genuine youngster. He has so much time on his side. And he has that link with McLaren. Okay, he's 26. Oh, God, that's just way too old. Never mind. <laughs> um and he was 26, he turned 26 this April. He is younger than me. Um, that's fun. So nice. he's about the same, say, he's the same, similar sort of age as uh, Max, I think. So... Oh, it's just the right age to be in, in a yeah, cool race. Yeah, there you go. I just found an article. Brown praises Palou, but no more McLaren F1 tests until IndyCar ends. That's fair enough. Focus on embodying the rest of this season. Mm-hmm. I'm, I want to know just how many fucking races one man can win in one IndyCar year. <laughs> God knows what it is. But I think, yeah, he's got to be... Because obviously, and this is what I'm going to play, the big scenario, and I'm going to let you talk it because you've peddled it a few times. I don't know whether this is just your own thoughts or whether you've seen rumblings of this. Is Norris as the guy that Red Bull possibly wants to get in to replace Perez? That would obviously leave a seat open at McLaren. Yes. Who's a really great driver with McLaren ties? Alex Palou. If that was the scenario and they didn't go with Palou, I'd question what the fuck McLaren's doing. Mm-hmm. I'd still be keeping Norris if you could, but if Norris goes... But take me... That's what I want to do. We think we're both agreed whether he's going, he could go that, but Perez will not be there in the Red Bull seat next season. Yeah. So for starters, Jashan... Take me through your case for Lando Norris into this seat. Uh, well, <laughs> uh, up until literally today, this has been totally my own speculation and completely my own bullshit. But 10 hours ago, Red Bull boss Helmut Marco meets Lando Norris's agent at British Grand Prix. It's happening, brother. It's happening. They're having talks. And yeah, Lando Norris is good enough. He's Definitely. got the he's got the market. He's got the you know he's got that. He's just beaten Daniel Ricciardo, and given that Daniel Ricciardo is the other guy 
kind of touted as as possibly in with a shot to get that seat. Why wouldn't you try and you know get the younger, more talented, previously successful driver in instead of Ricardo? It just makes more sense with Red Bull. Um, similar. Uh, how old is Norris compared to Max? What is he? Twenty four. Like that Norris. seems possible. 23, 24, I reckon. So, yeah, he's younger. He's 23. Fuck my... Oh, my God. He's he was very... Though, he was, like, 20 when he was first in the car. Yeah, yeah. He's a, he's a young lad. He's, he, you know, sign him up for a big, long contract. You know, he's got the talent. He's got the drive. He's got the hunger. It might possibly be the most annoying... Can say he's kind of a cunt. That gels well with Max. Yes, exactly. It doesn't necessarily... <laughs> to... <laughs> <laughs> two cunts don't equal a cunt. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But but they are, they're two cunts who like each other. They have this a genuine. True. They are they are two of the better friends on the grid. They are mates. They are mates. And we've and seen we're what overdue. happened before when Norris are... has a teammate who is a mate of his with him in science. See, that That's was fun. a. I don't think this would stay a wholesome a wholesome mate pairing. We're overdue for a best friends to mortal enemies story in Formula One. We <laughs> haven't had it since Rosberg retired. And we're fucking due for uh, one. Get him in the same team and just watch the fucking relationship deteriorate. They're going to go from, like, teaming up at, like, the virtual 24 hours lobot or whatever to fucking Lando Norris. It's just going to be jumping. He's going to be fucking, like, stream-watching uh, Verstappen or whatever and just jumping into random iRacing sessions that Verstappen's in and just yeah. fucking dive-bombing him at random corners. <laughs> I can see it happen. the beef. Because these are kids with egos. Like, Sergio Perez has been... Uh, he, he, you know, he got humbled, let's be honest. He's had a huge career in F1. His time in Racing Point for India, he was nearly out of the sport. You know, he comes in with enough humility to be like, all right, yes, I'm going to be Max Verstappen's number two driver. Lando Norris doesn't have an ounce of humility in his body. He is an egotistical geezer. And I think it'd be funny. I honestly think it'd be really entertaining to watch these two go head-to-head. -head. And it could be very well, it could be competitive, man. Norris has got talent. He's, he's very, very good. Um, And Helen Marco has been very publicly, like, praising Lando Norris. Um, he actually, he, he called out Lando last year as being one of the most talented drivers on the grid, but just not gifted with good machinery. So, you know, if Marco wants it to happen, it'll happen because Helmut Marco is the most powerful man on the planet. There you go. That's yeah. my take. No, I think that's fair. In saying that, so now what I've, the little game I'm going to play for you, I'm still kind of trying to decide whether I want you to rank them in terms of who you'd most like to see get it. Or who you actually think is the likelihood or the best of that. Let's bring bias into it. Let's talk about like. Let's blank oh, it up. We're going to go, okay, who you most want to see get it. Fair enough. In which case, I'm going to give you a series of 13 names, apparently. Although only Jesus about 10 of them are actually Christ, legit. Mate. Um... And I want you to that. So we'll start with the real heavy hitters. So potential people for this Red Bull seat. <laughs> Daniel Ricciardo. Lando Norris. Alex Albon. Alex Palou. Yuki Tsunoda. Liam Lawson. Ayumu Awasa. Zane Maloney. Enzo Fittipaldi. <laughs> Dan Tictum. Brad Pitt. <laughs> Gareth Bale or Wildcard. Wildcard can be anyone you want except the Danny Kvyat because I won't accept that as an answer. 
But you like have Dan ticked him, who's just straight up banned. No, I, I t- ticked him. I put him there for a laugh, and then then we were talking about it, and I happened to while I was writing these names down, we mentioned Apex Grand Prix, so I was like, "Lol, I write down Brad Pitt." Yeah, um, yeah. And then you said something about Gareth Bale could be the first Ooh. Welsh winner, so I was like, "I write down Gareth." So those three aren't actual names. So it's it's a it's eleven it's eleven names. So those ten drivers, plus oh sorry, nine drivers plus a wild card. So if you feel there's someone else you want to right. throw in there, I will reserve a little bit of a veto. If you want to go or oh, Alessio Deletta, I will shut that down. <laughs> but you're welcome to take them from IndyCar, Formula uh. E. Sitting on the sidelines, Super Formula, wherever you want to, except for Danny Kvyat, because I will not accept that as an answer. Yeah, fair enough. Okay, so um, uh, Ricardo Norris Alvon. Yeah. Are you just recapping the names? Yeah, Would I'm recapping. Like I'm recapping the names. Yeah. Okay, yeah, so yeah. the the big the big four. I think that Ricardo Albon Norris Palou. Right, then Pelou. also Sonoda in terms of in Formula One, and yeah. then from outside of Formula One. Lawson, Owasa, Maloney, Fittipaldi, or a wild card. I want you to give them to me in ascending order. Ascending order, okay. Hit. Okay. Oh, yeah, and I, obviously I like... specify who your wild card is. If you don't have a wild card, we'll just take that out. <laughs> yes. Uh, oh, gosh. This is, this is doozy. This is a, this is a good little segment. I like this. Uh, I probably should have expected it, because it's what we talk about almost every single week on this show. Is is the potential for who will replace Sergio Perez? I want to do some. Um, who could, if you Google who could replace, the first one who comes up is who could replace Peter Dutton, and then number two is who could replace Jonathan Majors. So. Um, well, well, uh, do we have any answers for those? Who could replace Peter Dutton? <laughs> I'm not good. <laughs> okay. Um, let's see. Who can you know what? You know what? That'll be next. I'll do that segment next week. Peter Dutton. Uh, no similar contenders. Apparently, uh, Susan Lay, the Liberal Deputy Leader, le- yet to prove she can land an attack on Labour. Okay, this is, this is concerning. This is concerning. For Apparently, I'm space out of Ospol. I've never heard that name in my life. No, I don't either. even know who the fucking deputy, sorry, the like shadow deputy leader is. Who, who, do you know who the shadow treasurer is? The last liberal treasurer I can think of is Matthias Corman. It's not Matthias Corman. It's someone guy called Angus Taylor. Never heard of him. He yeah. sounds like he's probably an economic girly man. He does, doesn't he? Yeah, isn't it? No good. Definitely right. a commentator, Sean. <laughs> um, but yes, there's there's all all this all this speculation and calls of, of who could replace Sergio Perez, but I I don't. Okay, let's 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 what Damon Hill thinks. Uh, first of all, so in ascending order, yes? Yes. Uh, Dan ticked him as last. Because <laughs> well, he's, he's just, he's a racist, so we can't have that. Behind Brad Pitt and Gareth Bale. Um, I'll follow that up with Dennis Hauger, second last. I okay, so think... that's your, that's your wild card. Uh, I, I think Hauger should have been in the conversation anyway. I don't necessarily okay. call him, um... Yeah, but yeah, let's call them a wild card because I can't think of any. Well, you only get one wild card, so. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Um, okay, so you're you're gone. Ticked him at the very bottom. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Next up, you're going Dennis Hauger. Yeah, and then I think Gareth Bale comes in next because he's got he's got the star power, you know, and he's yep. obviously he's a professional athlete. 
he can he do is, it at the top which means level. there's every chance he could beat Dennis Hauger. I, I agree. Exactly. Um, he can speak fluent Spanish. So if they've gotten used to Perez, obviously speaking in Spanish on the grid, they want to keep that going. They can bring in Bale for that reason. The biggest, the biggest sense. question, the biggest question, I will say, just with Gareth Bale. Where do you think Formula One would sort of fall into place in with respect to Wales, Golf, and Real Madrid in that <laughs> order? Obviously, it's ahead of Real sure, Madrid. I'm, pre- I'm fairly certain he's retired from international football. So I yeah, but, but Wales might still mean more to him. Do you right. do you do you reckon it would? Do you reckon Formula One would mean more to him than golf? That's no, the big question. That, that's a stupid question to ask. Okay, so it would be he'd be a Formula One driver, obviously because it's his profession. It's the one that means the least to him. So it would be mm. Wales Golf Formula One Real Madrid. Yeah. Nice. Um, yeah, one hundred percent agreed. Um. Mm. <laughs> Nick de Vries? No, of course not. Um. And then I'll, I'll I'll go. I'll follow that up with um. Yeah, Enzo Fittipaldi will be next. Yes, you put Brad Pitt ahead of someone. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I think Fiddy He has moments, but he's just not consistent enough He doesn't have that X factor I love him, he's a geezer He's a British but... Grand Prix weekend Yeah, he has his moments but He's uh, he's just not consistent enough I, just, I, don't, I don't know, there's something missing for Fittipaldi mm, I'll, I'll take Brad Pitty over Enzo Fiddy You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's fair, that's fair You like that? God, Colin, you must have liked that. That was that was gorgeous. I, I did. That was pretty good. Okay, good. Uh, yeah, give me Brad Pitt next. I, I think Brad Pitt. You know, obviously, he comes in with that vast driving experience. He's driven before. I think he oh, was. Um, I I can't remember because I was young when this happened, but I feel like he was really good in the Top Gear celebrity, the Top Gear. Oh, I can't remember how great, but he's definitely been the star in the reasonably priced car at some point. He probably did. Yeah, hundred percent. I think he did pretty well too. So he's got the know, he's got the chops. He, he's great in Fury. Um, I mean, he, he was starting down the very back for the British Grand Prix, but he's got experience, so... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, he's Apex driven GP cars in Ocean's Eleven, I'm fairly yeah. certain. So he has driven cars before, and I think, obviously, you can't deny the market that he brings to your team. You know, he's going to make oh, money. He's going to Hugely marketable. Hugely bills. marketable. So this is the thing for me. But then, you know, at the end of the day, you also do want guys who are actual professional race car drivers... I should have included um, Alex Hunter. <laughs> <laughs> I'll uh, I'll chuck Paluin next. Wow. Because I just okay, this I, is this is just I, lack of IndyCar knowledge. That's acceptable. I like him. I like him, but I don't think Red Bull would be willing to take a flyer in IndyCar. Oh, him. sorry. I was I'm sorry. No, you're right. I was thinking. Uh, yeah, no. For the Red Bull seat, that's probably fair enough. I'd love to see him go drive for McLaren, and I think that would be fucking awesome. But I, I don't think Red Bull would be um, confident. Enough. They'd put him in the AlphaTauri seat, no worries, but he's probably a bit too good for that at this point in time. But who knows? Maybe they yeet De Vries off and chuck in Palou to that AlphaTauri seat, and then we'll see what happens from there. Uh, next up, mm, yes, I've got Zane Maloney. Yep, I think that's correct. He's not ready yet. Um, Honestly, apart from the fact that I think Tictum should be higher than Fittipaldi, I pretty much completely agree with your order so far. This guy's crazy. This guy's wild on the beat. Um, I love Zay Maloney. He, he had a good little comeback race here in Britain, which showed some some of the talent that he got, but that he has possessed. Oh, fuck it. Words escape me. Ah, uh, gosh. Um, but he needs to cook a bit more. He's very young. He does. He needs some more time just to refine it, you know, kind of like iron out some of those mistakes and just do his own thing. He, he's definitely hitting his stride, but of the of the big of like the big marquee kids in F two, he's definitely the one who I don't think is pro ready yet. 
Yep, agreed. Next up, we've got Daniel Ricciardo. Okay, this is sauce. This is also slander. Daniel Ricciardo <laughs> below Yuki Tsunoda is disgraceful. Ricciardo, I... I, I, I <laughs> watching him drive last year was fucking painful, man. Because, like, you can, you can say that it was the car as much as you like, but also he won a race with that car. He did. Well, so a lot of it came down to me, like, is he actually putting the effort in? Does he actually care about this shit the way he used to? And I don't think he does. I think he cares more about the the camera. You know, the fact he's doing um, this this on on camera presentation for Sky Sports and the American Grand Prix. I think speaks to that. And you know what? He's going to do fucking amazing with that. He's he's an amazing on camera presence. But if he cares more about the limelight than actual competition, then I, he shouldn't be in that car. Um, but it, it depends on his mentality. That's just how I kind of see it from an outsider's perspective. Obviously, I don't know Daniel. I don't know what he actually is thinking. Oh, do you not? No, not personally. Do you uh, know... We, both do, we both do love AFL, though, so there's that. Yeah. Mm. Do you know what he thinks um, about the similarities between Formula 1 and AFL footy? <laughs> <laughs> okay, my next driver up is Yuki Sonoda. Um... In reality, I think Yuki's just locked in at the moment. Um, I don't think he's good enough to evolve past AlphaTauri. I don't think he's bad enough to get yeeted out of the seat. I think he gets one more go. And then, you know, at that point in time, you see him Maloney, who's cooked enough and, and, and just takes the seat off him regardless. Um, I think Sonoda's fate is entirely dependent on if there is two um, Red Bull Juniors that seem worthy of a seat. If only if it feels like only one or Lawson or Owasa is good yeah. enough to move up, if both of them seem ready to go, I think there's two fresh races at AlphaTauri. Yep, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. Which brings me to my next uh, little moment here. I'll go, I'll go Owasa. I'll go Owasa. This is tough. I love Owasa and I love Liam Lawson, but I, I, I think just... I think Lawson's just, he's had a bit more experience, has a bit more time to refine his game, his, his, his drive, and he's doing very well in Super Formula at the moment is Liam. So I'll go Owasa next up, then I'll go Lawson directly afterwards. Obviously, it's a big stretch for Owasa to go straight from F2 to Formula 1 for Red Bull. Same with Lawson going straight from Super Formula to Red Bull. It, it's not going to happen. But in an ideal world, you never know. It, it could be fun. It could be a fun little experiment. But in reality, both of these guys will end up driving for AlphaTauri before Red Bull if they ever get their chance. So in terms of the realistic options, because I don't think I don't actually think any of these other guys will ever get a chance. Brad Pitt maybe, but they're never going to actually get the chance to drive for Red Bull in the coming seasons, um, unless you know an Owasa, Lawson, Maloney go AlphaTauri first, prove themselves, and then evolve that way. So the real, the only kind of competition I see here is Albon versus Norris. Um, I, I I think Norris is more likely, but I would prefer it to be Albon for the redemption Ooh. story. So I'll go you know Norris what? second, Albon first. That's kind of fair. That's kind of fair. Um, if you were Red Bull, who would mm. you put in the car? Norris. If you could any of these. Norris. Definitely Come, Norris. Clear by like clear or yes. Fair he's enough. Got, he's got the most talent. And then and then probably um, Albon second, and then Pelu third. Okay, you actually would have Pelu third. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, in terms of talent, for sure. Um, yeah, you know what? I think I'd probably have the same top two. I'd have the same top three, I think. I'd probably have Ricardo then ahead of Awasa, and then I'd probably have Pelu. 
Mm. I, then I'd have Dan take them. <laughs> it turns out. Surely, okay, if you want the redemption story, mate, forget about Alex Alba. Let's get Dan ticked him in that Red Bull. That's yeah. a redemption story. Sure. Um, yeah, no, I agree. I think it should really be between, for that Red Bull, as I said, I don't think Sonoda is good enough. I think putting someone from your junior cat, junior series drivers straight into the big team is just a recipe for disaster. No one has done that. Not even yeah. Max did that. He yeah, didn't exactly. spend very long. Albon spent the shortest of all. Albon only spent half a season in the junior team. It wasn't long enough. Albon was yeah. not cooked. Got away with it for half a season. Then it was a nightmare. Mm-hmm. Then he was out of the sport for a year. Mm-hmm. And then he's rebuilt his brand over the last year and a half. He continues to rebuild his brand. And now we're genuinely talking about him as someone who could be the guy to There's go to Red option. Bull. Yeah. And it's fucking absolutely... Deserved. If they can't poach Norris out of that contract, fucking throw a bunch of money at Williams and get Albon back. He's the best guy they could put in the car. Yeah, agreed. Um, but if you put them in too early, they will get absolutely slaughtered, particularly when we've got peak Verstappen in the prime of his yes. career on an absolute tear. Yeah, exactly. Palou is the only one I'll make an exception to because I think he is that fucking good but i'd probably still rather see palu in a mclaren with a little bit less pressure or as you said honestly if they if they if they have any interest in him put him in the alpha tower yeah see if he can there. put if you can put him in the alpha tower alongside your pick of Owasa or lawson or even sonoda as the barometer and even if the car is still a shit box see if he can mm. just consistently outdrive someone you know is good yeah and then you can look at where you're going from there. So, yeah, yeah for me, yeah. it's Alba between Alba and Norris. I'm probably exactly the same with you. If they can get him, I think it should be Norris. He's yep. just oh good. I would love it if it's Albon, though. A law for me, yeah, Lawson is the only Red Bull junior I'd give any belief to just because I think he's got the most seasons under his belt, the most amount of maturity for it. Yeah, but yeah. I still think that would be... Crazy. Pretty crazy to do. So it should be between Albon and Norris. Ric- sorry, Ricardo's the other one. If they can't get either of them, obviously Ricardo's perfectly fine. But I think there's just there's more. Obviously, Albon and Norris are both much much younger. You can mm-hmm. have them there for a long time. If you can get Norris, you potentially lock down the best driver pairing on the grid for yes. the next decade, or at least for the next six months until Verstappen decides he's bored. Yes. Um, and in Albon, you possibly knocked down, locked in the perfect number two. He's not probably he's not good enough to truly upset the Apple cart to um, Verstappen, but he should be able to do more than Perez does and be able to be capable of winning some races, particularly when Max has things go awry. And just be and more just, consistent. Yeah, deserves the chance. Yeah, for sure. All right, that brings us to send a bit of a longer podcast, but I feel like it was worth it. That was good fun. That was good fun. Yeah, um, let's smash it out. Yes, so send it. Did I send it or did I not didn't send it? Yeah, you Oh, send it! Send it. Send it and then send it home, boys. This is the segment where I rattle off a few headlines from the tumultuous world of Formula One, and Matthew will pick one he wants to talk about. 
I myself will pick one that I want to talk about. There's going to be some kind of overlap with the uh, with what we've already kind of discussed today on these headlines, but you know what? Each one of them dives in to each topic a bit further, and we love a good dive. A la Neymar. Now, headline number one, courtesy of The Guardian. Norris warns McLaren car is pretty terrible despite Silverstone's success. Ooh, The Guardian, love it. Headline number two, Fox Sports. Ricardo has had enough of a break. What happens this week could decide if his comeback is on. Curious with this story on Fox Sports is the headline photo is of Brad Pitt, despite the story being about Daniel Ricardo. So, controversial decision there. Moving forward. Top Gear, yes. Five things we've learned about Brad Pitt's new Formula One movie. There we go, that's what we like to hear. Headline number four, autosport.com. Mercedes poised to switch full focus to 2024 F1 car and abandon Diva 2.0. That's courtesy of Jonathan Noble. Headline number five, Fox Sports yet again. We're going hard on the right-wing stories today. Even if I, sorry, let me rephrase. Even I can do that. Weber's brutal clip for Sergio Perez as Ricardo calls grow louder. And finally, it's a six send it this time. Nine's wide world of sports. No, no, I can't hear anything. Formula One legend Martin Brundle's brutal response to grid interview snub. Ah, oh, yes. Consider it sent. Matthew, any of those headlines, I'm sure it's going to be the last one, obviously. You love a good celebrity story uh, on this podcast. Uh, which one do you want to talk about, brother? Well, I had to quickly mute my microphone and tell my parents to shut the fuck up. So the only one I really heard was the last one. And the oh, Mercedes no. one. It's between, my choice is between the Mercedes one and Cara Duffy. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously I'm going with... No. Um, let's, let's go with the Mercedes one just because I really enjoyed that they've nicknamed this car Diva 2.0. It's good. Um, that's, that's bloody great. I mean, that's intriguing. If they're if they're shutting up shop, I don't actually think it's necessarily about it. It's a it's a trade off. When you're Mercedes, and you've got, I mean, obviously you do want the most financial money you can get back from the sport you can, but it's not like Mercedes can't afford to have to just fund it all themselves, a bit more themselves if they need to. So for them. It's that it's that thing. I think I've said this, made this analogy on the last podcast. That's certainly one. Like when you've already won a Tour de France or something like that, mm-hmm. you're really not worried about running second or third. It's win or bust. If you're not going to win, you'd probably rather bleed a bunch of time and try and fucking jag some stage. You're not really worried or just about pedaling around France to finish fourth or whatever to finish second. You've already won the thing. Mm-hmm. Mercedes doesn't really care whether they finish second, third, or fourth in the constructors. They're here to fucking win, win constructors, win drivers, win races. Yep. That is obviously not going to happen this season with that car and how good Red Bull's car is. They're probably not capable of realistically falling any lower than fourth. Do we actually think that both of Ferrari and Aston Martin could overcome them if they shut up shop on that car? No, I don't. One of them might. I don't think both would. I don't mm-hmm. think they'd be finishing lower than third. So it's whether they want to finish second or third. You can keep chasing upgrades to ensure you finish second and a distant second at that. Or you can go, you know what? This car is pretty solid. Unless everyone comes absolutely charging home, we'll probably stay no worse than, you know, if not the second best car. Third, maybe some races racks would be the fourth best car on the grid. That means we will be in the mix to win any race that Verstappen finally does DNF. 
Mm. So maybe we could pick up that one wild great win of the season like um, Russell did in Brazil last year. You know, maybe this means we slip back to third in the championship, but that's totally worth it if you come out next season with the best car. So, yeah, I think yes. I think if that's what they're going with, I think that's a good move. Yeah, you've summed it up perfectly. That's exactly what Toto has been saying. Basically, they don't, they're, not, they're not happy with P2 or P3, regardless of where they finish. They want to win. Um, and they've kind of come to terms with the fact that they're not going to do that this year. So might as well prep for uh, 2024, which, fair fuck enough. Hamilton's not there to come second. He wants to win. And It'll be a big sure. year. A big year. Mercedes ramping it up. We've got the bidding war of 2024 next. That's the only yeah. the only thing my brain will do whenever I hear 2024 at the moment is just the bidding war of 2024. That's It's fair enough. It's it's, it's on everyone's uh, brain as I Google bidding war of 2024. To Ah, uh, yes, of course. That's his whole the thing. The bidding, bidding war, war of 2024. 2024. I see. All right, well, um... Yeah, the, the, the Top Gear article on the Brad Pitt movie, it's it's all pretty... It's, it's, it's all stuff that everyone knows anyway. It's it's pretty stupid. Um, yeah. I don't actually know a lot about this movie. Like, it it's kind of just... Like, I, I remembered seeing something like a month or so ago that it was going to be happening, and I'm like, I have no idea what the fuck this is about. Hmm... And it sounds like it's an entirely brand... And not to say... I mean, I was going to say... Not to say that there isn't. I don't know how much... Whether there's any realism in like terms of Coach Carter. Whether there was anything of that based on that. But for me, I don't know. Think about it. The majority of like... Well, I mean, okay. Cars. Obviously yes. the greatest racing film ever made. But you think, oh, about, you think about the best sports movies, racing movies and that. Things like Rush... That was based off the story of the real story of um, Hunt and Lauda. Mm-hmm. Yes. Ford v Ferrari, the Le Mans story of Ford v Ferrari. Uh, something like Forty Two, this um, baseball movie about the story of Jackie Robinson, the first black player in baseball. Uh, Remember the Titans is based off the true story of the Titans. I don't know, just the the, the most of the best sports films are like. An ad- adaptation, a dramatization of a real thing that happened. Mm-hmm. I don't know whether yes. I'm really interested in watching a completely original fictional Formula One storyline. Well, if you've seen a picture of of the car they'll be using, uh, it's a modified F2 car for those who are interested. I am honestly convinced that this is actually just the story of Haas joining F1 because it looks exactly like the old rich energy livery. Um, <laughs> it does a bit. It does a bit. And obviously, but is American. So from what I've from what I've heard, it it seems like because it's a it's a veteran or whatever who's like was retired, but he's come out of retirement to like pair with his young. To, so I, I don't know. I'm just like surely at this point, you know, a dramatization of something during like Senna's career or some kind of dramatization of something mm-hmm. Schumacher or like. You know, Alonzo's couple of wins. Oh, fuck. It's been 14 years. It's high time we get the big budget Hollywood production of the Braun GP season. That's yeah. what I want to see. That's I think what they're, I they're see. working on a Hamilton documentary. And you know well what? Moment, you know what? Certain. I feel like Brad Pitt could play an okay Jensen Button. Why am I not getting Brad Pitt as Jensen Button um, in the doc? And then you know what? I just thought of the perfect casting. Um, do you know that? The guy, I couldn't tell you what his name is. The guy who plays Veronica Mars' dad in Veronica Mars would be oh perfect God, for dude. Rubens Barrichello. 
Okay, so you've Give me you've, LeBron, GP you've me. accepted that it's, it's a long podcast, and you've taken that time to start listing off every single sports movie ever made, and now you're going into a fantasy cast for a potential movie about Jensen. I just, Jensen I just want to, yeah, you know what? I have. I just want to make the point that I just, I just have no hype for this. You movie. have the it, timeliness of a fucking snail cut. Oh but my God. the dedication they're going to to seemingly get the realism, the using of like actual in-race footage and stuff like that, putting them yeah, on the grid. I mean, it's nice. we'll see how it goes. We shall. Um, we shall see how it goes. Would have been Sunny really Hayes funny if Brad Pitt had crashed on the installation lap. <laughs> he's, a, he's a good driver. He's he's handling that F two uh, that F two car well. But yes, uh, Martin Brundle got snubbed by Cara Delevingne. Uh, Mark <laughs> Webber's been roasting Sergio Perez publicly. Daniel Ricciardo will be doing a Pirelli test for Red Bull this week in his first kind of uh, what dalliance. Was, what was Webber's exact quote? Do you know? Um, anyone can gain positions in the races. Even I can do that. Even though I'm an old fart now, he has to sort qualifying out. He has to sort the mixed conditions uh, out. That's so ironic because, I mean, Webber wasn't always the best. But, uh, it's, uh, hey, look. Uh, at the end of the day, Webber is the expert at being not bad for a number two driver. And yes. right now, I don't think Perigio Perez could say not bad for a number two driver. He's been pretty bad for a number two driver lately. So Indeed. It's fair Indeed. play. Uh, but yeah, Ricardo will get his first shot at Red Bull Machinery this week as calls for him to replace Perez ramp up. But I want to mention this Lando Norris story. So basically, he's come out and said that, hey, look, we're getting excited. We just had our best weekend of the season. Yes. Podium. We love it. It's fucking awesome. But... Um, we do still have a poor car. Uh, terrible in the slow speed slow speed corners. Obviously, Silverstone has a lot of high speed corners, so not um, you know not too much of an issue for them. But you come to Hungary, Hungary's got some pretty slow corners, so it could be the case that you know McLaren could take um, uh, more of a bottom of the midfield step in the upcoming races. I mean, Spa will be interesting, of course, but yeah, Norris basically still says that it's uh, quite difficult to drive this car. Um, and, you know, just don't don't get your ex- expectations too high up, if that makes sense. All right. Yes, I read the same article. I saw the same headline. And that, uh, that brings us uh, done. Yeah, I think it does. I yeah. think it does. You know what? We're still only in about 90 minutes. That's not too bad at all. Nah, I should be right. The upper level. It's been a while since we've had a really long one. So, you know. There's a lot to talk about in this podcast. Yeah, well, this, this was, was a race that we actually both, you know, we enjoyed. There was lots of fun things to, you know, go through. Yes. Um... As ever, oh, find us on any good uh, podcast player. Leave a leave, leave a five star review. Leave a comment. I swear, yes. if if some comments get left, I will make Jashan, who is the busier of the two of us, go and find them so we can read them out on the show. Yes. Um, mostly because Lord knows I don't know where the fuck this podcast is, or even if I have access to find comments. What? Um, you don't have you don't know where the podcast is? Well I know it's on Spotify. Beyond that, like I don't fucking know. It's on the website, Matthew. Oh yeah, but like no one's listening to it through the website. Well maybe they are. Uh, quite a lot of people know. do actually. Oh well, there you go. But no, Spotify, they're, they're gonna leave comments, they'll leave comments on the Instagram, presumably. Oh well mate, you can you can you can leave a five star rating and a review on the bloody on the podcast players. That's how that works. Uh, yes, that would be nice. One day. Um, we can have faith. Find us on Instagram at Online Hub Media. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully, next time you post, Jashan won't call it the English Grand Prix. Nah, definitely English Grand Prix. Uh, and as ever, I've been Matt. He has been Jashan. 
Yes, I have been, Deshaun, and I've had an absolute blast today talking about the English Grand Prix. And Brad Pitt um, is going to be the Red Bull driver for the second half of the season. But all I've, all I've got to say is I can't wait for the fucking banger Taylor Swift releases after Fernando Alonso breaks her heart. I reckon that'll be great, and it should become it should become the next F one theme.